1: to Gloves Off Podcast with Eddie and James McSweeney. After a couple of weeks here, there's been so much MMA news going down here, and there's a lot to discuss. So before we jump into anything, I just want to let everybody know that we are doing this every two weeks, and if you guys have any questions, let us know on our social media pages on Instagram and also on Twitter, at Gloves Off Pod. And James, man, crazy couple of weeks. I know that you're in Texas right now. Uh, how have things been
0: for you? Man, things have been absolutely nuts for my end. For the last, pretty much the last month, I opened my new gym in Texas, and, uh, in Dallas, or just outside Dallas, about 10 minutes, and uh, just just the whole ordeal deal of taking over an old business, and of course, everything was been to run smooth, but the exchange wasn't as smooth as it was planned. Just had some bumps in the road that I had to take care of, and then, you know, the normal stuff, signing new members motion uh, new house thought of starting school just get ready for a fight everything itself is just in a thousand miles an hour so my days have been non-stop 14 15 hour days wow. so uh, now we're starting to get to a point after a month where you know everything's coming to place getting some procedures back into order um getting over oh, that right. and uh, now we fine
1: so obviously being in texas uh, there's a lot going on right now around the United States is it crazy like you get a little worried uh, you know about being out and about down there because I know Texas is actually kind of a, a really dangerous state
0: um, I, I don't know where I am Dallas it hasn't been it hasn't been dangerous whatsoever I mean I picked it here not just because of the business opportunity but actually it was a very um, very safe place I came here to check it out a couple of times. There was really good, beautiful schools, uh, great school system. Where, where the gym is and where my house is, it's very, very calm and easy and uh, up and coming. Lots of building going on. Everyone's growing. There are certain parts of Texas that, of course, is um, a little bit more dangerous. But Texas is a huge place. You know? I mean, it's a massive state, so there's a there's a lot of um, a lot of space.
1: Well, I know that like your little girl started school. What is it? Kindergarten that just started for her?
0: She just started uh, year one, grade one. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah that went ahead she had a great day and uh, of course day two today so yeah everything's gone so far so good so yeah we just um just enjoy the process you know it's just been a very busy one and, and getting things moving has been very just the whole process so it, it's a good change
1: well for you guys out there listening to itunes Podbean, Five beat citrus we have a lot to discuss on today's show between mike perry's broken nose uh the whole chris cyborg situation that's going down Kobe Covington, Uriah Faber's return. And you guys even sent us some fan questions. And before we end the show, we're going to be discussing DC vs. a 2 and Showtime Pettis Showtime versus Nate Diaz. So let's jump into things right here. James, obviously this weekend we just saw Mike Perry go in there, get his nose busted up. You've been in the fight game for so long. Is that one of the worst nose breaks you've ever seen? Like, What, what are some of the most brutal... Uh, you know, incidents that you've ever seen in the game. Mine got to be Anderson Silva's leg break.
0: Anderson Silva's leg break was very bad. Um, I've seen a couple of other leg breaks going back that are really bad. There's a guy called, um, um, uh, Lloyd Van Damme. He was a big, uh, a big K1 fighter back in the day. He was known for horrific leg kicks, and uh, he checked the leg kick and, and, and broke someone's leg. Uh, there's been a few, I mean, that, that nose break was very bad. Lewin got his nose broke. That he was pretty bad. He never Aaron.
1: fixed it, right? He never fixed his yeah,
0: nose. I don't think he did. Um, there were some guys that have gone through it. I remember there was in the K1 Glade Fortosa, who's a Brazilian uh, K1 fighter, uh, amazing kicker. Um, I saw him break someone's nose with a knee once, and he just absolutely just shattered it across his face. Um, he fought, and I forget the guy's name. He fought another Brazilian in K1. And uh, he was an old karate guy, and he absolutely just smashed his face. But there's been there's been a real feud. There's been a few bow, and that that was definitely one of the worst ones I've seen in MMA for a while.
1: Well, do you remember uh, the MVP versus uh, Cyborg fight when he got his skull dented?
0: That was obviously... That was, that, that was probably one of the most horrific ones as well. It was probably the first time on that big of a picture or in that realm you've ever seen someone's skull get fractured. So that knee was, was fantastic. You just brought up Andre Arlovsky
1: here. So I got to ask you something about that. Um, His nose getting fractured like that. He never fixed it. But Mike Perry, he said it was like an hour surgery, something like that. They're giving him a six-month suspension. But honestly, six months, I don't think that's long enough. You look at somebody like uh, Roy McDonald after the Lawler uh, rematch, and he was never the same after that. And I think he took like a year and a half off. Uh, Does that change a lot about his fight game? Moving forward, do you think, you think that's going to bother him moving forward? Do you think
0: he should take more uh, than
1: six months off? Or what do you think?
0: No, I mean, six months off, I mean, in the UFC, at that level is not the end of the world. Because if you think about it, it's not actually six months off. It's like three months off now from training or from, you know, taking any kind of shots that are on the nose, punches on the nose, kicks or or, or combative. And then after that, it's, you know, it's pretty much three months to get ready for a fight anyway. Eight to ten weeks. So, it just means he can't compete for, for six months. Just doesn't mean he can't train. Doesn't mean he, you know, it, most guys are taking three months, four months off and then sign a new fight anyway. Some of these guys are only fighting once or twice a year. So, it's not the end of the world. Um, some guys are fighting way more regular, like Cowboy and people like that. The cowboy's a beast. He's always just looking to fight anyone on any given state, as long as he's healthy. Um, but, yeah, three months, six months. I don't think a broken nose is, is really gonna change his his aspect of the fight to be honest.
1: Well, let me ask you this: like, what's one of the worst injuries that you got? I remember when you're on the Ultimate Fighter and you got uh kicked in the nuts, and they put it on Beavis and Butthead. I mean, uh, what was one of your worst injuries? That, uh, like hurt? A kick in the
0: balls is never pleasant. Uh, that one was definitely. Hard. I wear a metal cup from the old from time boxing because uh, you have worn plastic cups before and. To be honest, they don't really do much. They flex and they still trap and all kinds. But the metal, I a steel cup, so um, it doesn't do too much. But on the arm fire we wasn't allowed to wear it. We had to wear the equipment they gave us, and I was wearing some Under Armour cup at the time, and it just yeah, it just actually crushed it. Actually, it was piecing blood for for weeks after that. Fire. Wow. But, um, some of the worst injuries I've ever had. I mean, when I split my shin open, it was pretty bad, I split it, I got, I got a star of my shin about this big. I came um, I, like uh, like I broke my ribs, two ribs. Ribs is always the worst. When I fought Fabio Maldonado, I fractured one rib and I, and I rolled the bottom rib. Uh, wow, and I, that was in the in the end of the first round, and I caught me body, second, second round, I caught there with some body shots when I was clinching. And um, yeah, and I had to fight the rest of the fight with those ribs and the referee stopped in the end. he knew I wasn't, I wasn't, but um, yeah, stuff like that is always bad, I mean, touch wood, I haven't had the worst injuries in the world, just normal breaks. I broke my fingers, um, you can see they're pretty broken, my knuckles, stuff like that, I, I, I when I thought that was over, I, I punched him in the first round with the top of the head of my UFC fight, and I, I smashed a metal bone there, and I had to have two plates put in after that fight. I fought three rounds with, with a broken hand. Um, yeah, there, there was... I you know, had, had a few, so it just happens. It's, it's a complex sport, right? It just happens, so...
1: Well, you're bringing up the uh, the cup factor. You said that when you're on the Ultimate Fighter, you had to wear the Under Armour Cups or whatever. But obviously, there's a cup that's out right now called the Diamond Cup. Is that what you're saying that you use? Like, a, is the a Diamond Cup? Because I know that there are some cups that aren't allowed because if somebody's going for an armbar or something like that, it can hyperextend the arm, give you a little bit of an advantage, right?
0: If I remember back then, no, forget this is going back 10 years. Yeah. Um, this stuff wasn't in play. The cup we had to wear fitted like into the compression shorts. Like it just fitted into the sleeve. And uh, yeah, they're not, they're not very good. <laughs> because they move, you know. And, um, and of course ship Shivers, the guy I fought, he was like six foot nine or six foot ten or something.
1: He was an NFL player, I believe, right?
0: Big guy, so he hit hard, you know, so when he hit me with a size, I don't know, 15 foot, it wasn't the best.
1: Guys, let us know what the worst injury you've seen in the past was. Obviously, I'm saying uh, Anderson Silva. James brought up a couple of good ones. But moving forward, Valentina Shevchenko getting another dominant win. She just came off a win over a, a brutal knockout over Jessica Evilai. That was just two months ago. She's been so active lately. The only girl she's really ever lost to was Amanda Nunes. So, uh, James, what did you think about Valentina's... uh performance and now you got Henry Sahudo calling her out which is just so ridiculous. We'll get into that in a second. But what do you think about Valentina?
0: I know Valentina personally because she came out when I was at Tiger Muay Thai I was the coach there. She would come out and train with us there and she used to come to all my classes and uh I know her and her coach. They are good they're good Paval. Yeah. Coach Paval? They're good people and um they, she she we always knew even back then she was gonna be a star, you know, she was yeah uh, in training. She was way above the kickboxing level. I saw her fight um, Kaylee Reese, who used to be an old friend of mine uh, in Muay Thai years ago, and she beat Kaylee, and that was a, a huge favorite. She was going to be
1: a. Um uh, I think she's Now, while speaking of Cyborg and everything that went down with that, Cyborg just got the recent win. Her contract was at the end, so they're going to renegotiate. And obviously, it said with the UFC once your contract is up. You can, uh, the UFC can place an offer against Safe Bellator gives an offer to sign you as a free agent. They can rebuttal. But Dana White was so upset about what happened backstage with this video that was made. James, first, did you see that video? and uh, obviously the subtitles were changing and everything. Uh, did, did you see that video, and uh, what did you think about that? Because Dana White wasn't too happy and said, he's out the cyborg business now.
0: Yeah, I saw the video. Um, I think everybody saw it on social media at some place, and, I, and I, yeah, again, I know Cyborg as well, and I had the pleasure of training with her in Thailand as well when she came out. And she, I've always had uh, much respect and, and love for Cyborg. She's a great girl. I think she's taken a lot of heat over the years, um, and I think he's getting to a point where she's just hit yeah, a breaking point, you know. Um, the girl is trained extremely hard. She dominated the sport. She, Whether she's won or when she's lost, I saw her lose at Lion Fights. And um, she I took guess, it at the like champ and just said, I'm a fighter. I come to fight. I do my best. And if I don't win, then, then I'm, I'm going to come back.
1: Against Arena Bars, one uh, of the best in the world.
0: Yeah, and she's done the same thing in, in, in MMA. She lost and she took her hat off to Amanda Nunez and she's always taken a lot of uh, criticism uh, cyborg she's been accused of all kinds of things and she has a family and a daughter and they've taken a lot of heat for her and I think she just reached a breaking point I mean there was always um, friction between her and Dana at some point and at the end of the day I'm not I don't know what if she doesn't care or she just wanted to be out or what but After seeing what I saw, I wasn't surprised they wasn't going to renew her contract or they wasn't going to match her. They're out of the the Cyborg business because at the time when they signed Cyborg, she was a huge product. She was the Mike Tyson of the female world. Everyone was scared of her. That bubble has now been burst. Uh, Amanda Nunes beat her and beat her convincingly. I think it would have been great to see a rematch. I honestly don't, don't... Believe that she didn't want a rematch I think she does want a rematch but I think what she's asking for the rematch the UFC are not going to meet it because she's, in their opinion she's not the same freight train that they signed publicly as in promotion wise so for what she's asking for, I don't think they were going to meet it but I also do believe that Dana White has to sell that fight because I mean, it wasn't like it was a close fight, right? Amanda knocked her out pretty convincingly, so it wasn't close. So, what does Cyborg do to deserve a rematch? She has to go out and win again and come back and deserve it. But, I mean, going up to your boss and calling him a liar, or or or, or talking poorly of your boss, whether you like him or you don't, publicly is never going to sit well, is it?
1: Don't bite the hand that feeds you, right? That's what they uh, that's what they say. <laughs>
0: the hand that feeds you or not at the end of the day he's a promoter right uh, what you want to call dana at the end of the day he's one of the biggest and best promoters in the world and is the best in mma that's a fact there's no there's no pause about that now if he has to do something to sell that fight as in talk down about one person or talk another person up or create oh someone doesn't want to fight oh they do want to fight it creates media attention media attention creates fans' attention, fans' attention sells tickets and pay-per-views.
1: It's all calculated, yeah.
0: That's what the game is really about. And, of course, if she took it personally, um, then, of course, she did. But at the end of the day, I've had promoters say things about me before, and uh, I've just laughed, you know, because I knew the truth. Like, you know, I I fought for a company. I'm not going to out them, but I fought for a company in Europe, uh, my first fight for them, I fought a guy. I knocked, I beat him and choked him out very quickly. He was going on to be their next champion. Before that fight was done, they did a press release that I was too scared to fight him. And I just laughed when I was like, are you serious? Like, we're negotiating financially. I said to myself and my manager at the time, we're negotiating financially. How am I too scared? The fact is, because I'm asking for a, a certain figure, and you're not happy, you have to, You, you want to, don't want to pay me that figure. That doesn't mean I'm too scared. It just means that I know my worth and I want to be paid what I deserve to be paid. And I think that's what was kind of going on with Cyborg. She wants to renew her contract. Her management team are asking for a certain figure, which obviously is very large. UFC probably didn't want to pay that anymore because the freight train was, in their opinion, not valued the same after a loss yeah especially after you know her being so dominant for so many years so they would try to cause some hype i understand her taking it personally but i also understand dana's part i understand both ends. i think cyborg has been mismanaged fucking terribly if i'm honest um, why but, do you
1: say that though james uh, what are the reasons for you to say that
0: because if i was managing a fighter of some of cyborgs caliber i would have to talk to her and, and sit her down and say listen. You get paid what you get paid for a reason. like Mike Tyson was getting 20, 30 million dollars a fight 20 years ago for a reason, yeah, because A, people were scared of him, B, he was an image, but also a lot of people hated him. and but 20 years ago, there wasn't the platforms to get to Mike Tyson personally, like social media wasn't around back then. But nowadays, social media does exist for Chris cyborg. People can contact her, people can leave remarks, people can say how they feel. people can build stupid posters, people can say derogatory things and get away with it. So of course that does get to any human being and I'm, you know and I'm not saying it's right. it's completely wrong. but we have to be real here this is what this is what's out there. We've all seen it. We've talked about it a million times, I don't look like a dead dog, but so I do believe she's probably come to the end of a, a tether with her. But as a manager, you've got to say, "Listen, if you want to be in this business, no matter where you go, this is going to happen. Why don't you just let me handle it? Let me talk to Dana. Let me talk to the promotion team. Let me talk to media, and take a step back, and and, and you know, put yourself out of the picture. You know, I think the way it was handled was wrong. You know, I like what you said about Dana White because.
1: It's so true. Everything that he says is calculated when he said that he was out the cyborg business You know if you're looking at like Chris cyborg wasn't happy with what she was being offered or you know The whole thing with the video. Yeah, but Dana White is playing that kind of uh, Hot high school girlfriend saying I want nothing to do with you now So it makes Chris cyborg and her team go. Well, let's weigh out our options Yeah, we can go to Bellator and, and listen, Scott Coker was one of the best uh, he, he was so good to Chris Cyborg in the past. I, I thought he did an amazing job taking care of her and uh, throughout her career. Then she went over to Invicta. But let's be real, James, where else can she really go to where, where there's any competition? Even in the UFC, well, there's not well, much competition, but we want the Nunes rematch.
0: Well, the fact is, is I don't believe this is the end of the UFC and Cyborg. Let's get that straight. Yeah, but I do much. believe that was put the ball back in their core. Like if you continue this bullshit, I'm out of your business. Don't think you hope no, you know. Like don't forget, many fighters have come and been superstars when they've tried to put UFC over a barrel and say, You're nothing without me. And then, you know, well, guess what? You haven't heard from them again. Or they've been blacklisted or blackballed, or they just haven't renewed their contract. They've let them go. Um, no fighter makes the UFC anymore. I think that's been perfectly made, perfectly clear with Connor. Um, there's been numerous other guys throughout the years. I mean, even Randy Couture was was the face of the UFC, Captain America. Then, you know, he's no longer even loud in, in in the avenue. You know, he was, you know, in the Hall of Fame, and that was always taken apart. There's been many fighters that have been around. Tito Ortiz was a poster boy. We know how that relationship's turned. We've seen many people try to not blackmail, but use their position with the UFC, and it's backfired every single time. UFC always wins. They're always going to win. There's always going to be another star, right? There's always going to be another fighter that's come along. I mean, you can say what you want about Jon Jones, but I think he's been managed very well in the fact of – I know he's manager. I'm not the biggest fan of him. Malky, so, um, but at the end of the day, what he has done, he's always put the right press release out. He's always kept himself out of the picture personally. never come out of his mouth at the right time. And when he has spoke it's always been about the right things he hasn't even engaged in certain options and imagine how much heat john has taken you know at the end of the day he just come back and wins his fights and i like what you said too i mean we've mentioned this before
1: on this podcast ufc is and has always been and i think they're gonna be for a long time the number one promotion Inside mixed martial arts, especially uh, women's mixed martial arts. So
0: any, any mixed martial arts, I don't care who the, who the companies are. Bellator is doing very well. But it's no... Let's be real. Everyone that's in Bellator is, in, is a UFC reject. Mm. You know, who got pushed out of the UFC. The line goes on. Frank Mir, uh, Matt Mitrione, Roy Nelson. These are all people that got pushed out even 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 uh, i love him to bits rampage jackson even rampage um, you know of course rampage has been around for many many years he's a high level fighter but he has a lot of injuries so he can't perform the way he used to perform he can't slam he can't wrestle so he's gone to bellator and he's going against lower level guys and still making great money there's a lot of guys that have had to take that realm and they've got pushed out of the ufc or they weren't going to get what they said they were going to get they Disappeared to Bellator at the end of the day UFC has always has been and always will be the number one company in the world and I think it would be a shame if we
1: don't get to see the Amanda Nunez rematch So let us know what you guys think down below here in the comments also on Twitter and Instagram at gloves off pod moving forward James the next subject that we got to talk about Colby Covington and You know the fight. Yeah, but what everyone wants to talk about is what he said after the fight You know the whole persona and, and let me mention this before I ask you the question you know, there's so many fans out there that are like, yeah, we don't like the WWE. We don't want the whole shtick. But yet they're, they're falling for Kobe Covington's shtick, which is, you know, the oldest shtick in the book. But yet they're, they're falling for it instead of ignoring it. Like, you not know what he's doing. But let me ask you this, James. Did he go too far with the Matt Hughes comment?
0: I think he went too far the Matt Hughes comment. Uh, but then, you know, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, that's between him and Matt Hughes to deal with. What, what the fuck has that got to do with us? Yeah, you know, is it is it saying that I would do, or is my in my taste? Definitely not. It's not in my taste. It's not. It's not saying that I would say. But he's his own man, you know, and he's he's made other comments that are, that are out there, that are way out there, you know, and and he's had people uproar. But what does he do? He goes out there, and delivers the fight. Just and this is what this is what happens with people, unfortunately, with fans, um, or with anyone in general, is that because someone's good at something. They automatically like have this idolization about they're, they're amazing. They're amazing. You don't know them. You don't know them. Just like Kobe Covington, you don't know him. Maybe he's a great guy. Maybe he's a cool guy. The only person you actually do see is the promoter Kobe Covington about promoting his fights and winning. You see that character. You saw the Conor McGregor character. You saw the um, the list goes on. Charles Sonnen. Char- Charles Sonnen character. Now what I know Charles Sonnen personally. And he's always been nothing but a gentleman. But the character you see, sometimes you're like, fuck, man, that's... that's What was he say that for? But I know why he's saying it. It's because he's selling tickets. It's because he's making himself a product. He's making himself someone different. Can it be taken too far? Without a shadow of a doubt. Definitely. Do I take it seriously? No, I don't. You know what? At the end of the day, this is just... This is just... Mixed martial arts. This is just a fight. It's just a situation. It's just uh, building tickets. It's, it's all come about now, you know, it, this wasn't around 20 years ago, let me tell you. You know, it was with the Muhammad Ali 40, 50 years ago. But it, it was done differently. It was done differently. It's now starting to get to a point where it's getting a little bit personal. There's nothing off barriers. People are talking about people's wives and kids. That's are, too far. Yeah. You know, It's just going too much. Uh, you know, but Who am I to control it? I have no control over this stuff. Do I take it as in, like, like people going uproar, like, oh, my God, it's terrible. Yeah, maybe. Comedians do it every day, right? They make jokes about cancer. They make jokes about...
1: Dead rappers, yeah.
0: They make jokes about rapping on music. talking about selling drugs and and, 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 and women and, and this and that. You listen to it every day, but it's okay, right, because it's on a rap song. You're talking about shooting people on the daily and contract killings. It's about, it's rapping. It's okay. So why is it not okay for other professionals? And you know, it's about taste, right? But the fact is, it's, (laughs) there's tons of stuff that gets said. You know what I mean? This is just the real world. It's not the real world, actually. It's the fake world. It's just the world that we live in nowadays. Do I take it personally? I couldn't give a shit. If I don't like it, don't watch it.
1: There's more people talking about what he said after the fight than the fight itself. So let's actually talk about that fight. Uh, and this goes into one of the fan questions here, James, that uh, was sent to us by John Dwyer. And he asked, uh, James, so Andre Olofsky seemed super motivated in his return, but Robbie Lawler didn't seem like he wanted to be there and didn't seem himself. So how do you guys stay motivated after years of fighting? And James, before you answer that, I just interviewed Yoanna uh, Young-Zizek, uh, Dustin the Diamond Poirier, strength and conditioning coach. Uh, and he was saying, I work a lot on motivating these guys. How big of a part is that? Can you answer
0: that question for uh,
1: John Dwyer, one of our listeners?
0: Uh, yeah, of course. It's a great question. Motivation comes from different realms. I mean, there's uh, there's even like, people talking about um, uh, Anthony Joshua, about his loss. for yeah, Ruiz, yeah his early career and how is he motivated now and and um, how motivated was he during that fight where he lost. It didn't seem like he was motivated. It seemed like when he put the hands on the ropes, he seemed like he was just not, he just accepted the loss. And the thing is, um, it, it's, it's a great thing because a lot of fighters, it's, it's not, it's, as you word it properly, it's no secret, right, that most fighters come from troubled grounds. Right? It's no secret that most of us um, have had troubles in our lives. You know, coming from uh, broken homes, coming from uh, un- um, poor backgrounds. Most most fighters are coming from a troubled problem. They're fighting some demon, right? That's why they fight. It's, there's no there's no secret in that. That's just out. There. When that changes and they become successful. And they become millionaires, for example, and they meet a beautiful woman and they become husband and wife and they create their own family. That starts to overtake the troubled past that they came from that heat, that fire that burned them to train every day. They were fighting for something, they wanted to be successful. Well, bang! Now you are successful. Now, Rory Lawler is no longer that young, up and coming, tough kid that everyone was fighting for success. Now he's a veteran. And he's no longer a kid. He's, he's, a, he's a husband. He's a father. He, he's got millions of dollars in the bank. Is he the same hunger? Does he? Yes. No. He loves the sport. I'm sure he's still hungry in the fact that he loves to fight. Listen, like Anderson Silva, right? Step on the, step on the guy's toes. He'll piss you. He'll fuck you up. Hmm. Listen, there's no doubt about it. He's a fighter. There's no doubt about it. Is he as hungry? Who knows? I, what I saw in the fight, I don't think it had to do with him being hungry. I think it had to do with he's had a lot of fights and he's had a lot of wars and a lot of training camps and a lot of injuries and he's met a young up and coming kid that he just couldn't put hands on. The kid he had his mark, you know what I mean? He had him down. He had he knew how to game plan, he had the perfect game plan for him. He he outstruck him. He couldn't land the big shots like he used to. Has he evolved over the years? Listen, he's still a warrior, and he's still he's still out there, and he's still performing at the highest level. But he's coming to a point where he can only evolve so much. Is he still got that burning desire that he had 20 years ago? Of course he hasn't. No, of course not. He's living in a mansion. He's got a massive house. He's driving around in beautiful cars. Wherever he goes, everyone knows who he is and wants his photograph. I want a picture of him. You know. Is he that still hungry kid dying for fame and success? No, he's not. But none of them are anymore. But these young guys that are still young and and enjoying the hunger and the fame because it's new and it's fresh and earning the millions now, they got a different hunger. Lord has come into a position where he's not at the end of his career. Don't get me wrong. He's nowhere near it, in my opinion, because I think he's still young enough to whatever. But during that fight, we didn't see the same heat that we saw from him ten years ago, and I believe that if that fight would have took place ten years ago with the hungry Robbie Lawler that I knew then, and the fight was tough and he, and he was going through a hard time, we saw Robbie Lawler bite down on that gum shield and throw for the fences, and he made fights happen. He made shit happen. I didn't see that last week. I saw a guy accept. He accepted that he was losing and he accepted that he couldn't put hands on him. He didn't have a get-up game plan B or C. There was nowhere else to go. Frustration was oozing from him in his performance. And listen, this is only my opinion. I could be completely wrong. I don't, I'm not inside Robbie's head, but it looked that way to me. You
1: know what it reminded me of, James? Rampage versus John Jones back in the day. That's kinda of yes. what it reminded me of.
0: It looked like someone that was a fighter, like Rampage had so many wars, and you see Rampage in his best where he's aggressive and he's throwing his shots and he's got that swagger about his walk and he's moving with that way and he's, and he's got he's got the howl going, and he's got everything going. When we saw him do it against John Jones, it didn't look it didn't feel authentic. It felt like it was forced he felt like he was, he knew he was going to be outclassed. He knew that he was being outstruck and he knew that John was stamping on his knees and, and making it a, a, a dirty fight and a gripping fight and, and, and was pretty much outclassing him with strikes. He, he couldn't get his distance down. John was too long and blocking distance and kicks and knees and low kicks and and and, and thigh stamps and all these things that he wasn't ready for. And that's what happened in the last fight with Kobe. He just was getting, in my opinion, out MMA. So how do you stay motivated in this fight game? Motivation. Do you need the drama? Like how do... No, motivation comes in very well. Listen, I get up every day. I train twice a day every day, and I've done it my whole life. And when I've got a fight coming like I have right now, am I motivated? Yes. Am I trying to improve? Yes. Um, but I'm not earning millions of dollars, unfortunately. <laughs> You know, in fact, I've never earned millions of dollars. You know, um, it's, 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 not, it's not been about money for me. Um, I wish I'd have earned millions of dollars, but I've never earned it. So for me, I'm still providing for my family. It comes from my self-discipline, my self-fight, and I want to personally test myself in everything possible. Family this way. If I don't do this, my family don't eat. And that's about as motivation as you're going to get, you know. And the same for Laura, it no matter if he's got two million, four million, five million, ten million, it don't last forever, and when you earn more money, the house gets bigger, the cars get nicer, the insurances go up, the food, the restaurants get better, all these expensive the fancy holidays get more and more and more and, and you know what? you start spending more, so yeah, it doesn't last forever. The tax bill goes through the roof, things go up, so he's as hungry to provide for his family too. It's just he just met a guy that is younger and and full of zeal and a hype train. I mean, you know, he's just got that. I can tell you now, if you sat with Robbie Lawler personally, I'll be tr- I'll be honest with all of you. If you sat with me 15 years ago. I'm not the same person I am today. There were certain people 15 years ago that I wouldn't even hold a conversation with. I was a street guy. I, I was a guy that got into fighting because I, I, I was fighting on the streets. I was fighting in the clubs. I, I run security. I was fighting in cages. I was fighting in rings. I was, I was fighting anywhere I could fight. I, I had a different thing about me. I had nothing to lose, and I didn't care if I lost. Uh, as in the fact of, like, if I was to get arrested and put in jail, I didn't give a fuck. Hmm. I really didn't. I was a different person I am today. And Now I'm a, I'm almost 40 years old. And I've travelled the world. I, I'm a family man. I'm, I've come domesticated. You know, I know it's a funny old thing, but you watch the Rocky movie, and um, in Rocky, Rocky three, I think it was, when Mick said to Rocky, "You become domesticated. You, you're not hungry no more. You're not an animal. You, you become civilized." And that's true. It happens to fires. They become civilized. And that's one of the worst things that can happen. It comes to the end. I am more civilized than I was years ago. I can't tolerate idiots that I didn't used to tolerate. And I'm sure Robbie was the same. And there's a lot lot of other fires that I could mention that have gone down that same road. They became civilized. They became a success. They became financially more easy. They became civilized. And people
1: forget, this guy, Robbie Lawler, has been in there since he was like 19 years old. And you know what? He's put, just because of this one fight, it takes nothing away from Robbie Lawler in my eyes. Robbie Lawler is a legend.
0: Robbie Lawler is a guy that's uh, had a career that I would cut my arm off for. I can tell you, I would cut my arm off for to have his credentials in my career. And I feel I've had a a pretty good career. He's had an amazing career. He's trained his whole life. He's earned millions of dollars. He's world-renowned. He's known and fought the very best guys in the world. No one could, and he just lost against the champion. No one can talk down of him about that. No one. If they do, they're a piece of shit. Because they know nothing about the sport. He lost against the champion. Don't think I mean if he's, anything I'm saying about Lauder is not to talk down of him. The guy's an amazing and amazing fighter athlete. The question was, what keeps you motivated? Why are why do fighters not stay motivated or, or how do they lose motivation, or how can they keep motivation? Well, life changes. That was the question, that's it. It wasn't against Lawler whatsoever. He's an amazing fighter and he's he's at the highest level, and I wish him nothing but success, and, and then he'll be back in a heartbeat.
1: Now, we got one more thing that we need to talk about, and I know all of our listeners at the edge of their seat and really are interested in what you have to uh, say about this, James. This upcoming weekend, we have a huge card going down. DC vs. Deep 2 Also on this card, Showtime Fettus going up against Nate Diaz, who's been away from the game for a little while, but we're going to talk about that in just a second. DC vs. Deep A2, James, what do you think about this?
0: Um, I, think, I think the game doesn't change. I think the same story is going to unfold Unfold in the first one. I think we're going to see a, a little different Stipe, but at the end of the day, the only difference we're going to see is that he's going to, in my opinion, um, unless he lands that punch, right? Unless he lands that punch, but we're not talking about DC like he doesn't have a chin. DC's been rocked by some of the best in the world and still got the takedown. So like the Rumble, yeah. I think it's yeah. going to knock DC out, if, if I'm honest. Um, unless, you know, never say never, but a lucky punch can happen on on both sides, right? So on paper, I don't think that uh, Stipe has what it takes to knock him out. Um, I think Stipe, to be more defensive in 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 the wrestling realm, you're striking sacrifices. You have to not strike as cleanly, and you have to not commit as much to your strikes if you're worried about the takedowns. Now, if you're fighting just a normal guy that has a little bit of wrestling background, yeah, you can still strike quite dominantly. You can still take your finger off the pulse a little bit. We're not talking about a guy that has a little bit of wrestling. You're talking about Olympic level, in my opinion, the best wrestler in MMA. And that's where you're going to see the feel of his takedowns is going, yes, you can stop the takedown two, three, four times, you can learn to get back up, but you're not going to out-wrestle DC. If you if DC never wrestled for five years, and pay trained wrestling for ten years, he still wouldn't catch him up. The guy's been wrestling since he's five years old, at the highest level. And he, in my opinion, he puts wrestling and striking together up there with GSP. Him and GSP, in my opinion, are the two best striking to wrestlers with John Jones, and Kane Velasquez, at the point where Kane was at his highest level, he's up there with the very best of them, if not the very best. So I don't see any difference in the outcome, if I'm honest. I so- like People People like to believe there's going to be a difference because we all want to see that comeback fight. And Stipe is an absolute beast, a heavyweight. He dominated everybody. But the blue book, DC opened the blue book on him. And I don't think it's changed that much.
1: And you know what? Last thing I want to say about this, James, I'm going to agree with you there. Um, but the one thing about DC, man, he's grown so much over the years. And if you look at where the fans were looking at him five years ago to now, he's gained so much respect. So how do you not root for somebody like DC? So uh, no,
0: He's a great guy, and I think heavyweight suits him best and light heavy. I don't think he likes the cut. Um, I think he is fantastic in that realm. Um, yeah, he. I just don't see him taking a loss here. And uh, really quick, uh,
1: I, I know that we got to end this in a, in a minute, but uh, if, if he wins or loses, do you think they'll do the John Jones uh, trilogy, or is it out the question?
0: What's going to happen is it's going to be a lot of. Someone's going to have to step out of their realm. I don't think John Jones wants, wants his level on his first heavyweight fight ever. It's a very risky fight, a heavyweight, to fight DC at his very best in the heavyweight division. If it does happen, it's a multi-multi-million-dollar fight for John Jones. Um, if DC has to cut, like John Jones is playing the card now. DC's too scared to fight me because he won't make weight. He can't cut anymore, blah, 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 blah. So he's putting the lure out there because he knows emotionally DC's attached to that loss, and he's playing that game, which is very smart. But I hope DC doesn't fall for it. That, you know, I don't know if that fight ever takes place again. They've both got too much to lose if real, they step out of the realm. Real quick, Pettis versus uh,
1: Diaz. Let me say this really quick. Everyone's like, oh, Diaz has been out there, uh, has, hasn't been in the octagon for so long. You guys are forgetting. These guys are active throughout the year, even if they're not in the octagon. They're doing triathlons. They're doing this. They're doing that. These guys could walk in there at any time and
0: look good. Well, they can and they have. We've seen it numerous times. Um, I don't believe, I I never write off Nick Diaz, never in a million years, but um, I think Pettis has been too active, he's got a lot in his arsenal, Um, if Pettis keeps it in the right realm, he has the right game plan, Duke Rufus is one of the best mixed martial art coaches in the world, if they had the right game plan together, which I believe Duke would, um, the fight goes to Pettis, but uh, you can't write off (laughs) any of the Diaz brothers, any time, huh? They can put off a victory at any given time. These guys are veterans. They're rested. They're smart. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they go out there and just assume pressure. They put on performances. They get paid very well. And they've been playing the, the MMA business for a good time. You know, like, you can tell now, Diaz brothers have both been playing the, the UFC for a long time, right? And the Dana card. They got into into fights in clubs. They've got into fights backstage. They throw cans at Connor, they've, they've had all this stuff. UFC never walked away from the Diaz business. It's
1: going to be an interesting fight. And also, Yoel yeah. Romero versus Paulo Casa, That's on there. Uh, While
0: well, I've got you well, I've got you on here, I can't announce this just yet, but I'm going to send you something on Instagram. And we're going to talk about this next week. I've just sent you it now on your direct message. All right. Let's get your reaction. Let me see here. Next fight. We're announcing it this week.
1: I just turned my uh, Wi-Fi back on. Oh, let's see what I got here. I got a photo. Oh, snap. Get out of here. Get out of here right now.
0: Yeah, that's happening. Wow. Well, that's going to be announced next week, guys. So <laughs> oh, stay oh, tuned. Oh. We'll be talking about that in depth. And I've got some just decide what the post is going to be, but... There's a little bit more to meet the eye to this story. There's going to be a few more things being announced that no one even knows about. Wow! So, you just got his reaction. Your reaction should be a little bit more. And uh, but there's good things coming, guys. This is this is crazy, James. Oh my God! I can't. Now- I wish I had a time
1: machine to jump forward two weeks. You guys do not want to miss this next episode of Gloves Off. Make sure to subscribe down below. Follow James McSweeney at McSweeney MMA on Instagram. Give us a follow on iTunes, Podbean, Citrus, Spotify, and YouTube. That does it for Gloves Off. I'm Eva Letty. That's James McSweeney. We're out of here, guys. See you soon. Have a good one, James. God bless. See you, Mike. Bye. Really quick before I let you guys go. um let me give you a little update there's a lot going on right now so there's been a couple of fight announcements that have been going on I can't believe what James just sent me this is crazy but uh quick 60 second news rundown rapid fire Dana White aiming for October for Zufa boxing which we've kind of we've been looking forward to for a long time wondering how it's gonna go but uh hey gotta get myself one of those Zufa boxing shirts also Stefan Struve vs. Ben Rothwell. Looks like Stefan Struve stepping out of retirement. Dan Hooker vs. Ally Quinta agreed to fight at UFC 243. Also at UFC 243, Holly Holm vs. Raquel Pennington. So with that being said, guys, make sure to subscribe down below because we have a lot to talk about. There were some more fan questions that you guys sent to us. There were some more things that uh, me and James was supposed to talk about, but he had to go to the gym. So make sure to subscribe down below. Tune in next week, and I will be talking about all the stuff that we missed here on today's episode on my show at Pure Evil MMA. You can check it out, pureevilmma.com. Where you can find all the links for this show as well. Gloves off, hosted by James Sweeney, And that does it, guys. I'm from Pure Evil MMA, pureevilmma.com. Way to Remember, without evil, there's no purity. Behave yourselves. <laughs>